Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and today, Alex Doherty, it is just me and you on this episode. Alex Miller, unfortunately, is a very busy man at the moment. He's shifting himself halfway across Melbourne. He's got boxes to move, trucks to carry his stuff in and whatnot. So it's just going to be the two boys this week. Yeah, no, it's just the two of us this week, Kat. And um, oh, look, it's a bit depressing without Miller. Shortly uh, away at uh, all the crap that we've got to talk about, Kat. But no, we'll make do. Uh, Miller, Miller should be back next week. And and look, it, it's it's a big episode nonetheless, Kat. We've got we've got to push on with uh, whether it's just three blokes, two blokes, maybe even one bloke on occasion. <laughs> I tell you what, the teams have been pushing through with uh, with their COVID issues throughout the year, so A three will push through and find a way without <laughs> without the manpower as well. But <laughs> we'll, we'll call it A three's A three's moving A uh, three's moving protocols. <laughs> uh, well, luckily Miller isn't here because he probably won't want to touch on his tigers, unfortunately, this week. But we're going to launch into some news to start off first. Doc, one that was very, very close to your heart out of this week. You were calling for it on, on Twitter after the game. Turbo Bowers um, going in on, on your, your woman, Kirsty Lamb, off the ball. Uh, one, oh. of the, one of the more, the more dirty acts we've seen on a footy field. She was about 50 metres away from where the footy was. She's absolutely clean, collected her. And it's been, been two weeks that's been given to, to Turbo, which I think looking at it is probably fair. And um, there's not many, uh, not much less I would have thought um, you could have given to her for that. Yeah, well, it's a, it was a bit contentious. Made made waves all throughout the um all throughout the Twitter sphere uh, throughout the week, and we 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 saw, we saw the game on Tuesday night, and I saw Kirsty Lamb was down behind the play, and I was thinking, whoever's done that's dead to me. I don't care who it is. <laughs> um, and turns out it was the best player at Frio. So, um, no, look, fair whack. I, I think um, easy. I think some of the um some of the comments a bit bit uh bit outlandish some, some of them saying it was about some of them was just saying it was you know just just a meter or two off the ball it was about 50 meters 50 <laughs> meters away yeah geez. Uh, so the first points are definitely coming out of the woodwork for sure <laughs> yeah i'll look look yeah i think it's a fair whack I mean, some people will say more a little bit a little bit of bulldogs bias in me says it should have been more <laughs> but I, but considering the fact you know it's a part-time situation i mean there's a little bit of leniency two weeks probably two weeks feels fair I think yeah, well, you look um, at two weeks in comparison to a ten-game uh, fixture. Is you know, you look at the men's. You think about a fifth is probably about four weeks. So um, you'd probably even say that that would be a little bit too much in the men's comp. So it's probably right where it should be. Yeah, I, I shudder to think, Cat, as well. I'd imagine what what happened if Kirsty Lamb had a broken jaw or, or something mm. or something like that. Yeah, how, how much more? How many more weeks would you feel that would have given Bowers? I think it could have added a lot more. Yeah, well, it, it would have upped the um, the impact for sure, um, no doubt. But uh, it, it's interesting with, with Turbo, Doc, because we know she is a hard-at-it player and she's always, especially in play, we know how much she loves her tackles and she's the best tackler in the game for a reason. Uh, she avoided a suspension last year for a, a dangerous tackle. I believe it was on Eden Zanker. Um, and so she, she hasn't been too, uh, I guess... Um, ill-disciplined in the past like it's really only the second major incident as far as I can remember that she's had but does Coops need to I guess pull her aside and say you need to maybe tone it down a little bit especially in actions like that off the footy oh it's it's, it's a hard question Kat and I, I like it I, I like I like the question too actually I think look I think Bowers has towed this line a little bit uh, look I love you know don't get me wrong I love what she does with her tackling not so much her, her cheap shot off the ball but Love her tackling. Sometimes it, with especially with the um the nuances around the 
the the dangerous tackles now, it, it's it's that thin line's becoming quite more like increasing a lot more for her. Mm-hmm. I think you know you, I think there was a couple of occasions as well on Tuesday night where she tackled a dogs player and it looked and it looked bad, but the head didn't hit the turf. Yeah, and and, and I think and I think I think I was listening to uh, Coops's pre- press conference uh, on Tuesday night as well, thinking and I think he said something about you know they 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 try and work on that tackle aspect to try and minimize that impact. But for, but for turbo, I think there's a, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of full gear towards it. Mm. I, I, I think, well, look, mate, would it, would it be wise to um, ask her to tone it down? I don't know. I, I, I feel like if, if, if that happens, it, I think it lowers the standard of how Freo want to play that defensive, that defensive game. And they, and they do it very, very well. So, I, look, it'll be interesting to see how they go without without over the next two weeks. But I think they've got a lot of players in that midfield brigade that can really step up and take the load. We know Gabby O'Sullivan's pushed through the midfield a lot, Cat, um, yes. this year, and and Dana East was rested uh, on Tuesday night. She's had a really good start to the year, so I, I think there's players there that can that can really come in and and up their up their workload a lot. Yeah, well, on that, I guess there's two big fallouts out of it. One being a really tough game against North Melbourne this week in Tassie. The the Roos haven't lost a game in Tassie yet, and now they're going to be doing it against a, a Bowers-less Fremantle. But as you said, we know that Bitterfield group is so strong. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, Gabby's going to lift hugely. Hayley Miller's been doing her thing all year round. Uh, Dana yeah. is coming back in. I'm sure she'll have a, a run-with role with one of the, the North midfielders. But I guess, how do you see this two midfields matching up now? Because... I think looking at what they were able to do this weekend, North Melbourne against Carlton, Carlton's midfield has been, you know, probably um, understocked throughout the whole season since Grace Egan went down. But, you know, when you put together Ash Riddell, Jenna Bruton, what Mia King's been able to do to start the season as well, and we'll get to her a bit later, um, I almost think they might have the advantage in terms of matchups here in North Melbourne, only just. Yeah, well, it's going to be very interesting, Kat, because I think. North Melbourne, you know, we sort of touched on them a couple of weeks ago. Sort of that for that forward midfield cohesion wasn't exactly clicking, but it looks like now they've finally got that balance right. Mm. And and you've said and, and you've listed those players superbly. I think Riddell Riddell, I think personally, is is the new favourite for the um the league best in Ferris at the moment. I thought you might say that, Doc. I know that was something you wanted to to ask, but it's going to be interesting. She's going to get votes taken off her here and there. I think um, by her her teammates and. I wanted to say as well, with two weeks out, Hayley Miller could find herself on the end of a couple of three votes if if Turbo's out for, for those games. But, you know, you look at Anne Hatchard as well over at the Crows. I think she's probably earned herself a few threes. I think she's outshone um, Ebony Marinoff in both her games where she's been really strong. Yeah. Well, so uh, there's, there's, there's definitely candidates. Well, there is candidates for sure. I, I just think the way Riddell's gone from start to, from start to now – just been super consistent. She's racking up 30, 30 plus most weeks, and the fact that she's able to run from contest to contest and provide an impact throughout the stoppages, I, I, I just can't help but think that she, for mine anyway, is 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 a front running mm. candidate for for the league BNF, and and of course you've got Bruton and King and Emma Carney playing at half back has certainly freed open players like Mia King and, and Ellie Gavilas to have more of an impact in the middle. But I think for mine, you look at what Riddle's, Riddle's produced from when she came into the league at North to now, the improvement is just chalk and cheese. 
It's amazing. I can't believe she was overlooked for as long as she was, really. It's it's almost a crime. Um, but <laughs> she, she is. She's been one of the best, if not the best, midfielder in the competition this year. Leading disposals, top five for clearances. I just don't know how you can look past her at the moment. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, oh, look... Uh... Look, I wouldn't discount Kirsty Lamb for a few votes at the moment. She's been put... oh, got to get she... wins on the board, Doc. I think, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, look, I think she might get two for the um the GWS game. Might get another two for the uh the the Frio game, or maybe one. Uh, I think, or well, I think maybe Epps might have the three in there from the Frio game oh. just for that just for that goal. Yeah, look, Epps will be right up there as well. Um, let's take a look at uh, a bit of other news coming out of the week. Port Adelaide have just announced today their list manager for their AFLW inaugural squad. Um, someone who's been around the club for a good five years now, which is great to see, Naomi Maidman. Uh, she's led the club's Next Generation Academy for the past five years, so she's been identifying those young talents that are coming into Port Adelaide and are going to be likely available for drafting in the next few years. Uh, we've seen Essendon do something similar as well. Doc with their list manager. So I think this is a really good move um, for Port. You've got someone who already knows this talent and is going to be bringing them up to the next level. Yeah, well, that, that's spot on, Kat. And I think we're seeing this, in, and you're right, we're seeing this a lot with, especially with the two VFLW clubs at the moment. You know, Beck Goddard's coaching Hawthorne next year, been been coaching the Hawthorne VFLW team last year and a bit. Uh, I think it's, it's fantastic because... I'm I'm really interested to see who Port pick up. You know, especially I think they'll they'll be really targeting this Adelaide team uh, mm-hmm. at the end at the end of the season. There's quite a lot of uh, we talk about Aaron Phillips uh, and and the Phillips name at Port Adelaide a lot, uh, especially in South Australia. But there's a lot of other a lot of other young talented players that played on the weekend for Adelaide that I think will entice. I guess it depends what sort of what sort of direction Port want to go. Do they want to sort of Build build a team from the ground up, or do they want to play, or do they want to build it like the way North Melbourne did, and and, and target like ready made players to come in now, and then sort of build around that. You mm. saw, remember when North came into the into the comp, they they brought in Carney, they brought in Emma King, they brought in Jasmine Garner, uh, Caitlin Ashmore. That they brought really big pieces for for their um for their premier for their premiership assault, and here they are, they're they're in the top five. And and they're still and they're still going uh, great guns. Yeah, I think uh, you know North had the advantage of what, as well of a lot of players who played with Melbourne Uni, and obviously they set up the, that link really early with bringing a bunch of those girls in. I think it might be hard for the power to unsettle a lot of the girls that have been there for a long time. I think it's pretty clear in this squad that there is a lot of love between them, and they all do really play for each other. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at the players, the the power could go off. So you could look at some of these fringe players as well that haven't gotten as much of an opportunity. But when they do come in, they've really, you know, presented it hard and they've made the most of it. You look at what Maddie Newman was able to do on the weekend as a, a marking option around the ground between the, the arcs. She had five masks, 13 touches, four inside 50s. And there's a few other players like that on the Crows list as well that... You could definitely look to unsettle. We know that they've got a bit of a ruck issue at the moment as well, but they've got a couple of different players that surely they're not going to be first-team options for the rest of their career. So I think Port could definitely look to to unsettle one of the one of those rucks, or you know even look over at St Kilda and try and bring Leah Cutting home. Yeah, uh, that, that's very true. Priesty as well, another South Australian product as well uh, at the Saints. I reckon. Look, we we saw St Kilda target Ebony Marinoff uh, in the off season last year, and it didn't didn't come to didn't come to fruition. I, I try I I try my hardest to try and get her over. 
Mm. Uh, look, you look, you look at what she's done already. At, at I think she's still in, still right into her early twenties. Is is the fact that she's already a, a double premiership player? She she's a rising star winner. She can a, a player that's come a long way from being just a, a tackle first inside mid to a genuine all round midfielder, basically. Yeah. And and I think I reckon if you could dangle that carrot, it's like this can be your midfield. You can lead the charge. And if Aaron comes along, Aaron can take can take control of the Ford group for the most part of the most part of it, uh, of the remainder of her career. You, that the midfield is yours. You don't have any Hatchie beside you. You can you you can create your own legacy here at Port Adelaide. I, I try and dangle that carrot in front of in front of Ebony personally. Uh, and, and I think you made a good point as well with the kids. I think you know Montana McKinnon's a player that has has come to this team this year, and I think her um her attack in the air has been just superb. Uh, not 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 just in the ruck, but I think playing as well up forward as sort of that sort of that kick behind the ball when they press as well. It, it, it saw I saw a lot of that on the weekend, and the way that she manages to do that, I think is I, th- I think that goes to show the it'd be a slap in the face to Adelaide because they put a lot of put a few years into her without many games, but and now she's finally getting the, these games and she's getting the chance to showcase what she can do. Uh, look, I, I honestly look. Port Adelaide. I, I would. I'd ask the question of, of of some of these younger players as well. Newman, you mentioned, had a man had a magnificent game on the on the weekend. Sort of play playing between halfback and wing for mine. I thought the the fact that she could link up and 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 run with the footy and use the ball well, I, I thought it was just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, and they'll definitely be asking the league as well if they can find a way to to list Lauren Young a year early. I don't doubt they'll try. <laughs> oh, if, if they can somehow manage to get Lauren Young into the in, into the um the league next year, I, I think we'll be all better off for it. You know, despite the fact that she's only sixteen, going on seventeen, she's not eligible till twenty twenty three. I think she's. Oh, just watching some of her games at the state comp last year. She's a player that can almost do pretty much everything from the get-go. And, you know, her height, her size, her skill set, her football intelligence, it, it it's almost like it, we, we, say, we say generational talent a little bit in the men's. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of that in Lauren Young. Ooh, I like that call, Doc. And, yeah, they're lucky that Sample W is getting really strong now because they're going to have a really good crop to pull from, so... I think we're going to see Port enter the league really strong from the get-go. Might be, maybe not like a final side straight from the beginning, but uh, I think they'll, they'll push a lot harder than some of the other sides have in their very first season. Um, but in terms of other news out of the week, uh, Jay Progelli, another ACL, unfortunately, Doc. We've lost six players in four weeks to the injury. It's really, really unfortunate, and it's really hard to see. Yeah, it's um, oh, look, it, it is it is tough because we're all we're all big uh, Jade Pagelli fans at the moment, and what she's been able to bring to this Gold Coast team since since they came into the uh, in, into the comp has been just has just been sheer defensive pressure, and the fact that she plays on both the talls and the smalls and gives her effort a hundred hundred percent. It's a big blow. Mm. I mean, we, we've seen sort of Aaron's play a bit of a compromised role. I think she was injured at the start of the year. Um, but she, but she, I haven't felt her impact around the defensive half as much as I have the last two seasons. But as well, you look at it, you just look at it all round. I think the Suns are are, are shining a lot uh, with their competitiveness. It's it's a it's a big blow for a, a senior head to go down this 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 early. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably good signs, like you said, you haven't noticed Aaron's as much, given that 
Um, the Suns have been pretty reliant on those two for the, the their first two seasons. So good to see the defensive load being spread a little bit more. But yeah, it is going to be tough for them going forward now with another one down in the back line. Um, yeah. Well, what do you what do you do with that? Do you sort of well, we know we know a player like Serene Watson's played played a lot of defensive minutes in the past, but she's been playing a little bit more higher up the ground this year. Do, I was going to say her, her freedom on the wing, I think, has been something that's really benefited her game, Doc. So yeah, um, I, I was going to say I think she looks a lot better on a wing personally. Yeah, I think Bess Keeney's been playing a bit higher up the ground. Maybe you just got to permanently drop her back into the the back line and. Um, maybe sacrifice her game a little bit just to get that that extra bit of um, ball use of halfback maybe yeah uh, you might um, look we, we've we've sort of I, I don't want to see it but they might have to recall Vivian side back in <laughs> I, don't and, know, I think I mean if you need a marking I, option they, you might have to I, I'm not saying this because I don't, I don't like Vivian side I, I like Vivian side playing ruck I like Vivian side playing up forward. I just don't like her playing as a key defender. She just her first couple of weeks uh, watching her, she looks a little bit lost and a little bit unsure about what what she's supposed to be doing as as, as a key stopper. And, mm. and it's and it's not her fault, you know. She's not. I don't, I don't know if she's walked up to um to Joyce and says, uh, "Throw throw me at full back, please." <laughs> but I, I just I just look at her at full back, and it just doesn't fit. I I just it just feels like it doesn't fit. Yeah, I think she's she's a good enough reader of the ball and she marks well enough. But I think, yeah, when you get her one-on-one, she gets exposed very, very easily by the majority of forwards in the competition. Uh, yes. let's, let's move on, Doc. I know you wanted to chat about your girls a bit and it was a very valiant performance on Tuesday night against Frio. Really, you could probably say two valiant performances. The Giants lost probably not, <laughs> probably not the best on the scoreboard, but... You wouldn't say you were too comprehensively beaten. You really beat yourselves more in front of the goals than what the Giants actually did at times. And it was a bit of a similar story against the Dockers as well. Heaps of opportunities to actually get on the scoreboard and they just couldn't seem to break through and do it. I looked at our game against GWS on Friday night and after I realised that we kicked one goal four in the opening term uh, with the wind, I thought the girls were going to struggle a lot. Um, but to their credit, I actually thought they... Can, around the contest, around the contest, they were good. They were very, mm. very good. And when you consider the fact that they haven't played for nearly three weeks, it's I, th- I think that sort of emphasizes just how I think how good this team is competitively. I think in terms of their skills, they are probably still probably still in that sort of bottom six for mine at the moment. Only because they haven't they have really struggled over the last month and a bit to really train together as a team mm. and but I think when you look at that and you look at the game on Friday I honestly thought we were in for a shellacking on Tuesday night against Freo <laughs> but the fact that we were able to um to keep them goalless when they had the wind in the first and third quarters I think that just speaks a lot about the heart of this team yeah and, it, was, it was clear Dr Berkey had very much instructed the girls to play lockdown footy in those two quarters. Don't give them a chance to get past, you know, their their defensive 50 and get the ball out. Like, it was those repeat entries, and they did keep taking those those intercept marks. But credit to your girls, it didn't go past the halfway line for Freo. Yeah, no, exactly. And, uh, look, we, we talked about the, the um, Elise Gamble not being in this defensive half um, this year, and I thought she had a really good year in, in 2021. But you look at 
a player like Eleanor Brown, who's not designed to play as a key defender, but she's the one that's playing. But she's the one playing who's getting the big jobs on on the key forwards uh, every week at the moment. And she was. I thought those two, her two games in this round, Doc. She was magnificent. Might be some of the best footy she's played. I, I reckon so as well. Um, I still, I still, we, we, you and I both said on on Tuesday night, Cat, that her kicking's still a little bit questionable, but. I, I look at that and I look at her efforts um, in the air and her efforts at ground level, and I just think it can be it can be papered over a little bit, mm. but it, but it's something to be uh, it's something to be mindful of when, when when we look at this dogs this dogs defensive unit. Uh, I thought Katie Lynch as well on on Tuesday night just looked uh, absolutely immense, yeah, almost backed up her uh, her form from last year. And considering the fact, I think Berkey said in the presser on on Tuesday night didn't didn't play in the practice game, didn't play round one. Sort of has sort of come into this team uh, against uh, from the game against GWS and has just sort of had to had to had to build a game on the go again. I think that's mag. I think that's magnificent for her as well. And and Izzy Grant's another one I've I've harped on about all mm. week. Just her, her second and third efforts after the ball hits the deck has just been absolutely tremendous. And I think her closing speed something nobody talks about at the moment. I think it I think it deserves to be talked about because there were a lot of a lot of moments in both games where. A key forward looked like it was a sure thing, but then at the last second, you see Izzy, Izzy Grant coming through the screen and just spoiling the ball. I know it, you said you said on Tuesday night, Doc, you were seeing shades of her old man in her. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's um. Oh look, they they, they called they called her old man the Rolls Royce uh, in the old Footscray days, cat. And um, look, she's probably still got a little bit of, a little bit of ways to go, but the way that. The way that she attacks the ball, it almost does remind me of her father a fair bit, and I, and I grew up just absolutely adoring Chris Grant growing up. It, it was just, there's just there is something about her that does resemble the um the old man, and I love to see it. Yeah, well, I definitely think we're going to be hearing a lot more praise about her through the rest of her career from you, Doc. I want to give a shout out to Lizzie Georgia Stathis on Tuesday night as well. I think against a really tough midfield group, I thought she held her own and was really strong. Uh, she was doing a bit more of dishing it out to the players on the outside with seven handballs, but four clearances, five tackles. She was going hard at it, Doc. For, for a player who is quite undersized when you compare her to the Fremantle midfield group, I thought you could yeah. have asked for more. Yeah, no, I thought she, I thought it was an underrated game from her at the moment. And considering the fact that both Kirsty Lamb and Ellie Blackburn, they sort, of, they sort of switched their time between midfield and forward a lot. And I noticed that a lot in the um the GWS game that Blackburn didn't play a lot in that second half in the in the middle in the center bounces. So the fact that a player like Lizzie George Stathis, who I I rate highly, uh, but compared to the likes of Lamb and Blackburn, probably just a rung or two, maybe a little bit uh, below below those two. Mm-hmm. But for her to come in and and play the role that she did on on Tuesday night was just absolutely extraordinary. I think exactly right, Cat. You couldn't ask for much more. And and, and as well, like a, a player like. Uh, Jess Fitzgerald, who we know is a star forward, forward of the ball, but she came in. She, she she came into the middle, matched up in the Leafs Parker on the Friday night. Thought I thought it was a nice game, a nice contest between the two of them. Parker did sort of gradually get away, but I think, mm. considering the fact, you know, considering the circumstances we've touched on earlier, the fact that she's able to come in there, do the do the job, and 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 run with Parker around the stoppages, I don't think you can ask for much more than that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Dogs held Frio very, very strongly in that game, but we saw another one of the undefeated sides manage to go down this weekend at the hands of Adelaide. Uh, and Melbourne are now 3-1, Doc. They're still looking very nice, but 
These past two weeks have maybe shown a little bit of weakness in certain areas for the Ds, and it looks to me like the Saints and the Crows have laid out a little bit of the blueprint of how to beat Melbourne and how to really restrict that ball movement that we saw from those first two rounds. They paid a lot of attention to the midfielders, didn't let them start getting that run-and-carry game going. I saw definitely very early on they were paying a lot of attention to Karen Passman after she's been finding a lot more of the footy on the outside. Uh, I think they were saying it on the, the Fox footy broadcast after the Saints game, but with the depth and versatility they've got in the midfield now, you've got players like Paxman who are able to play to their strengths a lot more and not have to be the contested ball winners. And while the likes of McNamara and Hanks were still winning a lot of footy, you know, Paxman was held to just 13 disposals. Even Zanka, only seven. Probably one of the worst games I've seen from her since she moved into the midfield. So I think the Crows and the Saints playing that really hard lockdown footy, keeping them really compressed, not letting them get that width around the ground. It's certainly showing, uh, Doc, that there, there is a way to keep Melbourne out of games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think we I think you've summed it up brilliantly there, Kat. Just the, the I think the two the two the common denominator from those two games, the St Kilda game and the Adelaide game, was that the fact that St Kilda applied just immense pressure on, on Melbourne. I mean, I would love to know what the, the pressure gauges are like for those two games in particular, because I would have I would have imagined they would have been off the charts just watching them because you could you could just tell that it was sort of trying to narrow down that space. You know, Melbourne loved to play that sort of short chipping possession footy and we saw it and we saw it uh, last Thursday night with Frio as well against Collingwood. They sort of they just sort of press up forward around the stoppages they love to get very physical Adelaide and mm. I think when a side like Melbourne has that sort of physical pressure applied to they sort of they, they, they become very, very hesitant. And it's, it's, a, it's a case of a lot of teams as well. But when we look at a side like Melbourne, who are a genuine uh, premiership fancy here, you think that they they, they tend to err and over their possessions a lot more. And I saw them, and you're right, they, they targeted Paxman a lot, particularly in that first half. And even you look at this Crows team and even some of the, um, the, the players that are fighting for their spots, I think Abby Ballard got very, very physical. Uh, on on the weekend, and 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 so so did uh, Lisa Whiteley. I, I think Whiteley's uh coming in coming into her own now as a, as a cult hero or my cult hero at A three. She had a few uh, few important moments in that game, Doc. A few little marks around the ground and leading out of the forward fifty that I thought were really strong from her. But you know, we talked about the the pressure around the contest, but the pressure up forward uh, from the Crows twenty six tackles inside fifty, which. Off the top of my head, I think that's the highest from any team this year. Like, And players who aren't normally doing it as well, really lifting and showing how much they can be pressure players too. Rochelle Martin, nine tackles. Um, Ash Woodland didn't get on the scoreboard, but six tackles from her. They're really such a versatile side, and they can apply pressure all over the ground. Look, I, I just absolutely love how Rochelle Martin goes about her footy, cat. I think when you look at players like uh, Hatchard and Marinoff, they're the stars of this team, but a player like Rochelle Martin is is the un, the unofficial third wheel here because <laughs> she's just because she's just in and under and she's and she's and she's looking at every opportunity to try and get that ball back if they don't have it. Mm. Like of, of course, you know Marinoff and Hatcher they love to break away and 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 get their footy on the outside as well as getting the footy from the inside. But I look I look at a player like Martin and I think. She has this role where she's a sea ball, get ball, and and if the balls and if the ball's not with us, we uh we, we try and crunch, we try and hurt the opposition as much as we can, sort of player. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 
I, I just think it's fantastic. I sort of I love the I'm loving these physical players this year. That it just it just adds a different dynamic. You don't see it a lot with the with the men. Mm. You see you see you see players you see players and the men try to try to cause stoppages and, and tackle, but some of these players are actually out to hurt each other here. And <laughs> but <laughs> and, with, and, with all with all love intended, Doc. Like it's all yeah, it's all it's all on the footy field only. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it's 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 all love off field, but when it's on field, you know, it's uh, all, Any, anything's all, going. All, all, all bets are off. Yeah. But I think just just back to Melbourne as well. We mentioned their forward pressure. I, I noticed it a fair bit as well. They were sort of looking to make, I, I suppose, sort of isolate both Libby Birch and Sarah Lampard because I, I I feel like Lampard had the eighteen touches, but I, I felt like a lot of those kicks she had was sort of under pressure and that sort of forced turnovers. And that's where they got so many inside 50 entries from those opening three quarters, Adelaide. I was going to say that exact thing, Doc. Uh, they didn't have Jacobson in, um, sorry. Um, they didn't have, yeah, Lampard and, um, and Birch, as you said, uh, like they were really influential against St. Kilda and a definitely deliberate, deliberate tactic by Doc Clark uh, to really isolate them and really put their disposals under pressure you know, you look at, um, I said last year, and I think we all said it last year multiple times, that Craig Starcevich is the best and smartest coach in the AFLW. But Doc Clark might just be sneaking up on that just a tiny bit. The way that he's adapted and changed uh, his game and his side's game uh, to face against all the different opponents they've come up against so far, um, he's really just made those little tweaks here and there um, to match up even better than what they would otherwise like. Obviously, the Brisbane game, they were unlucky with the two injuries early, but, you know, they played them excellently. Now they've gone and played North Melbourne and Melbourne, two teams who are very much pushing for finals um, also so well. Like, I don't know if there's many sides that could stop the Crows right now. Yeah, I think Trent Cooper might have a word or two as well with the uh, <laughs> smartest coach in the land, the way he's tracking at the moment. Oh, but... I tell you what, Doc, round eight, that fixture, Doc is taking on Crows. I've got that marked down in the calendar. I know it will probably change at some point, but God, that uh, is going to be a thrilling matchup. Uh, I, said, I said it on Twitter on the weekend, and I'll say it again. I'll literally kill people to have that game on this weekend. <laughs> Uh, I, I just cannot wait round eight. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Uh, just, just want to. You, you also wanted to touch on the um, the defensive unit as well, Cat. Just before we move on, I, I, I thought, and and I'll, and I'll say it as well. I thought they were just absolutely magnificent in their sort of their 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 isolations, their one on one contests. Everything that they did has was just absolutely flawless on on the, on, on the weekend. Yeah, hundred percent. While we're heaping on the praise, let's have a look at Who's the Woman, one of our favourite segments, as we do every week, the best player out of the round in our eyes. Uh, we'll give Alex Miller a shout-out. He obviously wasn't available to join us today, but he has given the, the chocolates to none other than the league-leading goal kicker, Doc, Erin Phillips. She's back on top, three-goal haul. She's overtaken Darcy Vessio. They'd be absolutely filthy about that, but... Flipper, <laughs> well-deserved. Darcy, you snooze, you lose. You've had a slow start to the season, just the one goal. You're going to let Flipper hold it till the end of the season if you're not careful. Get, get on the horn a half, uh, Darcy. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think you're better than that, and I certainly think half thinks uh, the, the team's better than that as well. But I think Phillips had a, a, an amazing game. I thought, look, maybe the start of the year was a little bit slow by her standards, and and this isn't me saying that Phillips had a bad year. I just think hmm. just I just haven't felt that impact on contests the way she has in, in past seasons. But this game sort of just reminded me of that sort of that twenty nineteen Aaron Phillips dominant 
absolute dominant season. No, I'm, I'm with you, Doc. She's striking that really strong balance between forward and midfield time, which is always key for, for Flipper because we know how strong she is in the middle and just as equally strong as a lead-up mark and kick a goal. So um, fantastic week for her. She's definitely putting her hand up to be an All-Australian once again. We know what she can do when she's at her best. Doc, give us your woman this week. Well, it's funny that we mentioned a Carlton. I'm not talking about a Carlton player this week because they suck. <laughs> Someone but... who just ran Carlton through the ringer. <laughs> oh, look, I've got some choice words about half, uh, but they're not safe, not, not safe for air. But let's talk about North again, Kat. I thought, look, whilst Riddell, Riddell's having a really good year, Mia King, I think, is having an outstanding, most improved season. Ooh. And I think, that's, I think it stands because Carney's playing more across that defensive half now, but... I love watching Mayor King play on the inside and just seeing her take this chance by both hands. I thought she was outstanding. Probably, look, we could argue Bruton had a, had a really good game as well, and I uh, don't doubt that, but I think she's already an established player in, in the comp. Mayor King is now just really hitting her strides and, and really finding that next level in her game. Had the 25 disposals, 16 handballs, but a lot of them were uh, a lot of them were in the inside. I'd love to see the uh, the contested possession numbers from her on, from the weekend, but also five tackles and three marks and four clearances as well, Cat, to go along with that. And a goal assist as well, which is nice. Yeah, we, excellent. We, we love seeing midfielders set up the uh, the forwards. We talked about forward line cohesion, Cat. That's how you do it. Absolutely. They're striking that really, really well at the moment in North Melbourne. And we talked about Georgie or, or Chaz Robottom being the, the locks of the rising star before the year started, but Mia's given him a fair shake here if she keeps up this form. We're seeing a bit of a common theme at the moment, Kat. Uh, last couple of Rising Star winners have been players that have been in the system for a couple of years. Mm. I mean, Izzy won it a couple of years ago. Tyler Hanks did it last year. And Mia King, I think right now, might be front-running yeah. for the uh, the Rising Star Award this year. Yeah, no, I'm all about it. Well, my one, i got to give a shout to the Suns, considering the, the yes. form that they're in at the moment. And I'm going to have to go with my girl, Dreno. Ali Drennan, what a game she had. 27 disposals. Nine clearances, five tackles, three marks. She was an unstoppable force in the midfield in her career best form at the moment. You know, she's got more support around her with the, the players coming back from injury. Jackie Austin, great to see her getting out there again, Doc, and putting on a good performance in her first game back as well. But, gee whiz, she was outstanding, Drano. Oh. So many individual players I could point to in the Sun side. But even Man. better even better than her form on the field, Doc, maybe her form off-field. Uh, oh. I, I spoke to her last week for an interview on the Inner Sanctum to chat to her a bit about her good mate, uh, the Bahana Express, and she is a character, <laughs> Dreno. I tell you what, I asked her about Cam Joyce, sort of the differences between what he brings to David Lake and how he works with the older players and the younger players, and the first thing she says when I ask her, she just chuckles to herself and goes, yeah, he's a good dude, Joycey. <laughs> I don't know how many players you've heard call their coach as a good dude before, Doc, but... Uh, Drano's certainly up there, and she was on SEN this morning as well um, with with Andrew Gaze and, and Andy Ma. Uh, and <laughs> they pick up; she picks up on the line, and Andrew Gaze goes, um, "G'day, Allison. It's Andrew Gaze here." And she goes without missing a beat, "Oh, who's that?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is she's just she's a character, and I love what she brings off field as well, Drano. So she gets the double shout for me this week in Uzi Woman. Oh, you know, you know what? I was going to complain about why you didn't put Tara Bahana in as the uh, as the woman of the week, but I just cannot agree with you more. Uh, we love a good, we love a good character here on the A three, both in the men's and the women's. 
but to have Ali Drennan come in and say who is Andrew Gaze on, on live <laughs> broadcast radio, that 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 has done me properly, Alice Carolano. <laughs> oh, she's a good laugh, Doc. But speaking of Tara Bohana, let's get into our All Australian and Team of the Week selections this week, Doc. I know you've made a few changes once again this week. Getting into close to the halfway point of the year, it's probably starting to solidify a little bit. Few players still moving in and out, though, and I know you've got to have changes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just the four changes uh, this week. Um, I've got a couple of changes to the uh, the half back line. Uh, Sarah Darcy didn't play a good game on the uh, on the weekend. I thought she has she she's uh, dropped out of the dropped out of the running. But I've also put in uh, Sarah Lampard. Sarah Lampard and Laura Butler come in as the half backs. I've had to move. I've moved Ruby Slicer from the half back to the bench. This is her absolute last chance. Only reason I put her in. Because if because if she didn't play the game she did on on Thursday night, then I think Collingwood would have lost by about ten goals. So that's why she's in. That's why she's still in this team. Butler's been outstanding. I think she's been a, a critically underrated player for, for Collingwood over the last twelve to eighteen months. And Lampard, we talked we talked about it before, sort of playing under pressure. But I mm. think just being that consistent rebounding drive of halfback has been just too good to ignore for too long now. Um, Looking, looking throughout the uh, the board as well. Uh, another two other changes that I've made. Anne Hatchard had a great game. She dropped out of the team last week. She's back on the bench, and also brought in Daisy Pierce. Now, look, you can argue, yeah, the two goals were junk time goals, but I think I look at the I look at an overall consistent point of view, and I think Daisy Pierce has been along with Kate Hall, probably the best for probably the best forward. Uh, I say most consistent forward mm. that Melbourne have put, have, have put forward this year. Um, Horse still in the team, only had five touches, uh, just absolutely towered up by Najwa Allen on the weekend. Oh, she was amazing on her, Najwa. She, she was fantastic. And, 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 a, and a shout out to Ratchich as well for a job on Daisy, but for, th- for the first three quarters. But I think, look, I look at this, I look at the players in this, in this team that are, that are, uh, that are sort of still un- under jeopardy. There's a couple of wing positions, uh, uh, well, only, only the one position that's, that's really, uh, that's that's really up for grabs at the moment. Eloise Jones didn't have a, a really good game on, on the week. Not 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 so much by her you know, standards previous weeks, but Caitlin Ashmore's really banging down that door, and Stevie Lee didn't play this week either. But I think a, a really good game could see her uh, topple Eloise Jones uh, next weekend. Uh, Ebony Marinoff, it's tough. It's tough, but with, but Brittany Bonici didn't really have a good game. Maddie Prasparkas is 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 forging some really good form, and also Emily Bates in the in the squad for the first week as well. Yes. Uh, a cat. They're all, they're all mountain charges here, and I think both Marinoff and Hatchard. It's it's stiff because the the other midfielders. You've got Bowers, you've got Conti, you've got Riddell. They're still in the team, but they're still very very consistent with their games. I think, but I think I look at the bench and those two. I think probably the probably the key weight, probably the the ones most in jeopardy. Um, and I look at I look at the rucks. Uh, look, Brand Moody, Gabby Gabby Seymour, they're still in there. But Lauren Pierce still providing good ruck work, and Lauren Bella as well making a charge as well. She had a really good game on the weekend, I thought. Cat, and and I think some of the locks in here they, they just speak themselves. Sarah Allen, I think she's the best key for, key defender in the comp. That that and and I'm not saying that to win points with the Adelaide faithful. <laughs> I, I I think she is. I think she is the complete. She's literally what Kate Luckins was a few years ago, Cat. I think she's a, a player that does it all: stops the one-on-ones, intercepts, intercepts uh, consistently well, wins wins the ball. She just does it all for mine, and 
as well. Libby Birch, Karen Harrington had a really good game against adversity as well. Again, um, so she has to, uh, so she's got to retain her spot and up forward. Woodland had a Woodland was goalless, but I think she can have a couple of goalless weeks because I think the forwards, uh, the forwards aren't really doing much at the moment. But there, are, it is wise to look out for Tara Bahana, Courtney Jones, and Erin Phillips. They're all in the squad and they're all banging down the door for a forward selection, especially if. Uh, Especially if Kate Hawes having another quiet week, um, I'm not. I'm not dropping Haley Miller. I'm not dropping Ebony Antonio. Katie Brennan did enough this week as well. All right, good shouts all around, Doc. I, I like that. Uh, I'll start from the from the back line with mine, and probably a couple of controversial selections across the team here. But I really want to reward these players week by week. You never know when they're going to get their chance again. But Paige Trudgeon, I've got down in the back line. I thought for her fourth game, magnificent. Magnificent game from her. Fantastic rebounding. Her aerial work was awesome. Played a great one-on-one game with Talia Randall. Kept it at just one goal throughout the match, which considering how she flies at the footy dock, outstanding performance. Um, on your tie, she gets my other spot in the back line. But just being an absolute rock, she had the job on Sabzi. She had the job on Chloe Malloy at times in combination with uh, with Jess Lowe, I believe it was. And they did an awesome tag team effort together. It was an absolutely outstanding game. And while she missed the game against the Bulldogs, I got no no consent about putting her in there. Yeah, no, the, no, no complaints for me on on that. I, look, I was this close to putting on your tie as my woman of the week this week, but um, I can't, I can't go against but I can't go against an old favourite in Mia King. Now on the half back line, Emma Carney, Sarah Allen, as we said, the best key defender in the comp at the moment, Doc. And Kate Dempsey, she's in for a second week in a row. She was awesome off the half-back line. She's in the form of her career, and she kicked the goal as well, so that definitely helps. Uh, in the great, mid... Oh, sorry, uh, Sorry, Kat, just going to say, great call on Dempsey, because I've actually got her in the in the squad of 40 at the moment, and she's uh, just right behind uh, Radchich and, and Monaghan as, uh, as the incoming defenders. So it's something to keep an eye out for my rolling AA next week, uh, team. Oh, don't mind that. On the uh, in the midfield, on the two wins, I've got Orla O'Dwyer and Jenna Bruton. I couldn't yeah, not get Orla in Doc yeah, after another goal. You can't, re- you can't resist Orla. She, she, <laughs> she. Honestly, she's now first. Pick, she's now first picked. One of the first picked in my rolling AA. I got... Absolutely in the middle, Batesy as well. Can't second week in a row for her too. She's going to be a mainstay of this team for the rest of the year, no doubt. Uh, my two other midfielders I've got, of course, Dreno in the guts. And Hayley Miller, the super captain, uh, she's been the only player now to be in my team of the week for all four rounds. So safe to say, I've got her as an All Australian uh, lock at the moment. It's, it's such a shame Alex Miller's not here because he, he's been complaining about having Hayley Miller, you having Hayley Miller on the bench <laughs> for the last couple of weeks, and he's not here to see this. Nah, she's in this time, and Celine Moody dethrones her sister for the first time this year. She is in the ruck this week. A great <laughs> performance from her across those two games. A long half Beautiful. forward, Aaron Phillips takes one spot on the flank. Chloe Shear takes the other. Both of them kicked three snags. Shear especially, three snags in a game where the Cats only kicked four. Doc, really, really important, especially in that last quarter. Yeah, geez, imagine if they, imagine if she kicked that last one. She probably would have been Woman of the Week for for somebody here. <laughs> and, but uh, it was a very good game. I think I think that really showed what she, what she can do, what she can add to this Geelong team. We sort of had queries about it off air last week, Cat. You and I in particular, but I think she's really proved a lot of people wrong uh, with this move up forward. Absolutely. Tazi Bahana takes my centre-half forward spot. All for aboard. Second time, get aboard the Bahana Express. Her and Perko are going to be a dangerous combination for the rest of the year. Just you watch. Uh, full forward, Nicola Bardock. She waited 34 games to kick a goal. But, uh, you know, when it, yeah. rain, when it rains, it pours, and she kicks three. <laughs> 
Yeah, had to do it against us too. But um, no, <laughs> no, no, good on Bar. I thought that was the best game she played um throughout her entire AFLW career. Don't know why McConnell took took McConnell so long to play a forward, but you know what? What do you do? <laughs> and Katie Brennan takes my other spot up forward. She's just been really consistent so far this year. Doc hasn't hasn't gone goalless in one game, and especially um, without Courtney Wakefield in there, I think she stood up once again. Absolutely, she, she's under constant pressure in my um, rolling AA team. But there's a reason why she's in here you know, week after weeks because she's just managing to keep herself afloat with these sort of games. Yeah, hundred percent. On the bench, I've got a few of the big midfields of the week and a couple of defenders. Anne Hatchard, oh, what a game from her again. Her <laughs> around the ground marking is... I talked about last year how she's taken her game to another level and she's done it again this year. She's added another element. I don't know how a player like Anne Hatchard can keep doing this, but she just finds new additions to complete her game. It's almost scary uh, to think what she'll be come another few years. She might dead set be the best midfielder in the comp uh, in a couple of seasons. Ash Riddell, as we said, Doc, so consistent, leading the disposal tally, another 30-touch game. She earns a spot in there. Turbo Bowers, two really consistent games uh, across her the two games that the Doc has played, so she gets another spot on the bench. And then my two defenders, Loz Butler, earns a shout. They were under pressure the whole game, the Collingwood backline, and she was one of the ones that stood up. She, you know, had to weather 41 inside 50s. And I thought she was excellent at reading the footy and, and starting some play up going forward for Collingwood. Not that they managed to put anything on the scoreboard, but she was definitely doing a lot of that when she could. And Elsa Brown gets the final spot in my team yes. for her two games in this weekend. I thought, like I said before, Doc, her best footy she's ever played uh, across these two games. She's in the form of her life. If she can clean up those, kick, those kicks under pressure, she's going to be uh, likely in this team in the weeks to come as well. I've got to ask you, well, actually, a couple of things, Kat. Um, oh, no. I, I, who's, who's been robbed? No, no, look, I, I, I can't fault the team this week. I, th- I think every every selection you've had is is just seamless. I, I, probably, I would argue Bruton uh, as a wing option, maybe. I, I don't think she... Does she play a lot of time on the wing? But, uh, look, whatever. <laughs> she, 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 she played a really good game. But, look, I, I think... Uh, first question is... Talk about the Bulldogs team, uh, the Bulldogs selection of Eleanor Brown, that uh, uh, team of the week. Do you reckon she's right now leading the Bulldogs' best and fairest count after after three games? I think you'd probably have, um, after her two games this week, Liam, you'd probably be fairly close, you'd have to say. Um, It's a hard one one to pick, honestly, Doc, because when you're losing games, it's kind of hard to be like who is standing out the most, but... I think these two games have definitely shown that those two would be right up there at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And also, we sort of sort of touched on the Adelaide situation with Port Adelaide before, but if you were to pick a midfielder between uh, Marinoff and Hatchard to go to Port, who would you pick? I think, oh, that is a tough one. I want to say you go for your, your in-and-under midfielder first and you add Marinoff, I think. Like, Hatchie's a great contested player as well, but... I think she's starting to play that more around the ground game. You want to start right from the guts, so I think you go Marinoff. I, I, I look personally. I think I'd go Hatchard. I, I think a player that can do both the inside and the outside work would be would be so so much more valuable for the other midfielders around that around that group. You build mm. you. I reckon you build a midfield on a, a player like Anne Hatchard. And. Uh, uh, just on just on that on that team of the week, I know you're compiling this team of the week for your for your AAs, cat. When when do you start locking them in? 
Oh, well, I'd have to say Hayley Miller's as close to a lock as anyone could be at the moment. <laughs> um, oh, look, I, I, I'll tally them up as the year goes by. Obviously, the ones who earn the most selections will be right up the top as the locks, but it's going to be tough, Doc. I think there's strong contenders across every line, and the midfield especially is going to be really tough to call. I wouldn't be surprised if my midfield is looking fully firmed until round eight or nine. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, look, I think touch wood if uh, Haley Miller doesn't have any injury setbacks, I think she becomes AA captain this year. Yeah, 100%. Lock it in. But the last thing we've got to get through this episode is our tips. Doc, uh, I got five this week, so I'm on 20. I believe you've got six, so you've taken the lead with 21. Yep, that's right. I've got I've got six right. The, uh, the dogs let me down. Don't even know why I bothered, <laughs> why I bothered tipping them uh, when they came from a 20-day break, uh, especially with COVID in between. But, uh, look, I, I suppose I'm just a, a sap for uh, for my own team. But, no, look, I, I'm in front, and that's what matters. And I think Miller got five as well. He, he's on. He's with you on 20. So I'm in the lead. Uh, normality is restored, Kat. Uh, we, we can look forward to this week, and uh, hopefully I can pull away. We can. And Friday night it all kicks off with a huge game at Kidinia Park, Geelong versus West Coast. One of these two sides is looking for their first win of the season. I'm back in Geelong in to do it here, Doc. The breakthrough is coming, and I think it's going to be this week. Geez, how stiff were they to um to lose against Brisbane on the weekend? I thought they I thought they had every right to win that game as Brisbane did uh, the Cats, especially with that comeback in the last quarter. <laughs> they can't drop this game to the Eagles, can they? Uh, I mean, surely not. You, you you look at the fact that the Eagles have missed. You know that they had two games that they probably should have played and they didn't because of COVID. I think. Uh, look, I, I think if the Cats don't win this game, then I think they will be in some strife. But the way that they've played the first month, it's just impossible not to not to back them in um, this week. And oh, look, Miller hasn't put in put in his tips this week either. So, but I imagine he would go Geelong as well. So, but uh, we, we'll, we'll we'll leave that with him. <laughs> yes, we will leave that with him. Saturday, Brisbane and Collingwood going to be a lot of heat in this one, Doc. The prelim final rematch. Up in a, Brisbane as well. It's a massive game. It is a massive, huge game. I am in so many minds about who to pick here, but I think just being at home and with the way they've looked since they've returned, I'm going to back the Lions. Yeah, look, I'm liking the Lions at the moment as well. I think. Oh, look, uh, just I think the, the wheels are slowly wobbling at Collingwood. I think, uh, and I think Frio sort of set the blueprint as well with how they sort of how to cut off their um their short kicking. The short kicking style, and if mm. you sit, and if you sit a player like I don't know who, who they got, I don't, I don't expect Shannon Campbell will run off Sabs. Um, maybe someone like Bree Conan have yeah, Bree. It's have, gonna be a tough one. Could even have, see someone like Monaghan on her dock. I don't know. There's they're kind of lacking for height a little bit. That's actually a really good call. Have, have Monaghan run off Frederick, and then sort of, and then sort of build build the offense around that. Mm. Well, we've seen all you really need to do against Sabs is if you can spoil it out of her hands, that's you basically won the contest there. <laughs> if if you can run and you're agile and you can get the ball <laughs> off her hands, and uh, then you know maybe I, I could probably do that on on Sabs. Maybe. <laughs> I reckon she might have a few centimeters on your dock, unfortunately. Oh, look, oh, I've always played under height as a, as a key defender, cat. So, no, 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 nothing, nothing gets by me. <laughs> But um oh yeah I'll go I'll go the Lions I think that I think they're um I think that especially the seven day break will do them some 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 good as well yeah definitely Saturday night at Casey Fields Melbourne and Gold Coast the pressure heavy style has worked against the D so far Doc and we know the Suns like to bring it too 
Um, yeah. This is going to be interesting. I think I'll back the D's in, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is very similar to the Brisbane Geelong game. Yeah, this will be a really tough. This will be a really tough game for Melbourne, especially considering the fact, like as we've said, the Gold Coast love to pressure. I think they're, I think they're in the top three in the comp for for tackles. Mm. The Gold Coast, so it'll be very interesting to see how they go. Um, I think the D's will get up only because I think the Pajelli injury will hurt them a lot. I think Harris. Will, I think Harris. I thought, no, look, Taylor Harris didn't have her best game on the weekend, but I don't think she was the worst player on the ground for Melbourne. Mm. But I think, she, I think she can capitalise on a big game here. Yeah, Harris v. Buckets is going to be a very dangerous matchup, that's for sure. Your, yes. It's going to be one of the A3 head-to-head clashes this week with the Dogs taking on the Tigers at Witten Oval. I mean, oh. I don't know who to pick in this one, Doc, because it's both sides. I think, I think I'll, I will go the Tigers, but just these short turnarounds are still going to kill you a little bit. I think yeah. come round six, given oh you got the crows after that, so that's <laughs> uh, once you can get back to a bit of normalcy, I think the wins will start coming. But for the time being, I think the, the Tigers will do this one. Oh, I'm actually sensing this will be the kind of season that we will lose all the games we're supposed to win, and then we come against a team like Adelaide, and we actually end up causing a boil over by some miracle. <laughs> Don't ask me how it happens. Um, look, I really want to take the dogs because I think. I think the way we've played the first two weeks, you know, Freo were at the most vulnerable and we didn't capitalise on them. Uh, GWS was a game we should have stitched up. I think... And the Tigers are looking pretty vulnerable too. Wakefield's not in. Cordner's not in. The Suns showed exactly how to beat them. I will back the dogs in. I think they can get it done. I I think they can get it done at home. Oh, I love that call. Got to make the big calls. Sunday, Carlton versus Adelaide. Uh, Adelaide. (laughs) Yeah, oh, Adelaide. It won't worry them one day. Why, why are we even discussing this game? Carlton are, absolute, Carlton are just absolute trash at the moment. <laughs> Sunday, North Melbourne and Freo. As we were saying before, North still undefeated in Tassie, but no Bowers. They've got players to come back in still dock. They've rested a few against your mob. Um, yeah, that's right. That's that's right. They've, a few few of their um few of their first year players. Tiger you expect comes in. Uh, Dana East expect comes in. Takarena probably comes in as well. The Tucks. Oh, I'll tell you, I've really loved her start to the year, Takarena. Um, just her, just her, her energy around the Ford Fifty has just been terrific. I've also loved Turbo's pestering of her on social media, which has been great to watch. <laughs> got a lot of it getting stuck into by your uh, by your older heads. Yes, no, we we don't mind that. The cu- culture's good at Freo, apparently. It um, is very good. I think um, I will, like I was saying, Doc. I don't know this midfield battle to me. Um, Freo may be down a couple of defenders. Uh, I believe it was Tilly Sargent that went off with the the concussion. Yeah, Tilly Sargent's gone gone down with concussion, so she won't play. And Very obviously, big no, no Cuthbo either. So I don't know. Oh. I think I might back North here. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually leaning towards North as well. I think that I think that short that short turnaround for Freo might actually hurt them here. Um, and I think, uh, and I said it, I said it a couple of times now. I think Freo looked very, very vulnerable on on Tuesday, mm. and I, I think if that was a, a, a more skilled outfit, uh, like a like a like a North or an Adelaide or even a Melbourne, I think they would have gotten over Freo. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I, 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 I'm going to back North in, Cap. All right, we love it. And the the last game of the round, the Tuesday night match, <laughs> we love those weird ones. St Kilda and West Coast <laughs> at Trevor Barker. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're headed down your way, Doc. Um, and this yeah, is another look, one I'm conflicted on. 
5 10 p.m it's tuesday night so there's no footy training at the moment she, uh, footy training's on the uh on the monday wednesday so i might be uh peeking over the fence at trevor barker to have a look <laughs> to have a look um yeah look oh, it'd be, it's a tough it's a tough one um I, I think we said last week the saints were gonna because this was this was a game that was scheduled for last week wasn't it mm. um i'll look I'll, I'll back the saints in this week i think Considering what they showed against Melbourne, I think if they can bring that to the Eagles, can suffocate them, their ball movement coming out of the defensive half, they can really cause some damage on, on the Eagles. Yeah, I think I think I'll go the Saints as well. I think this will be their first win of the season here. Sorry, Eagles fans, it's going to be a very very hard trip down to Victoria. Also, can can, can we just uh, can we just uh, look in 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 honor of Alex Miller not being here? Can I just can I just make mention of the five ten time slot on a Tuesday night? What the hell? What in the hell is that? What the hell's up with that? Uh, uh, that is that is dodgy. That is uh, more dodgy, doc. Poor Alex Miller. If this was five ten on a Thursday night, Alex Miller's just finished his uh, his his, his, mo- his moving, and he's and he's sitting down and. There's, and he's he's got to he's got to put up with the footy. Oh, it, it, yeah, it, in, in WA, they won't even. They'll have just gotten off their lunch break at work, and it'll just start it. So no one's even able to body watch the thing. Yeah, I know the, the, the poor the poor people in WA. They can't they can't watch it at two t- two ten because they'll, they'll be too busy with the work schedule. <laughs> they'll get told yeah. off by the boss. That's the body show. Yeah, and yeah, no, just well, uh, just just don't have anybody in uh, McGowan's office <laughs> watching, watching it, and probably won't like it. Oh well, that is going to be it for us this week on the A Three Footy Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us with our two man show. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you follow us across all our socials to stay updated when new episodes come out at A3Footy on Twitter, A3Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And, of course, we've got our email as well, A3Footy at gmail.com. Yeah, well, hopefully Alex Miller comes back because, oh, look, I don't mind the two-man discussion, but I, I honestly love Miller just shortly in the background listening to us talk, talk shit and having him at his two cents as well. So I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get him back next week and, oh, it'll be business as usual, Cat. We're looking forward to it. Yes, very much so. But with that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Doherty, and, and Alex Miller somewhere in the stratosphere, so <laughs> he's been Alex Miller. He's somewhere around. Thank you for listening, and go Foopy. Go to Foopy.